0: Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hello. Isn't it such an okay-ish Wednesday today? Hey, everybody. It's me, Mary Ellen, your host, and boy, am I okay-ish. okay ish as a reminder, just some housekeeping, the best place to get updates about the podcast and to connect with me is to follow me on Instagram at Dance. So I look forward to seeing you all on Instagram. All right. So it's February. Yes. Actually, I'm not really sure why I'm excited that it's February because for me, that means it's a very deep into winter but we made it through January. And I'm also excited it's February because February is Boost Self-Esteem Month. How lovely is that? Seems pretty appropriate since February consists of Valentine's Day, right? I think those go together very well. In January, I chatted a lot about wellness and I feel like going into Boost Self-Esteem Month is kind of the perfect segue. So this month, we're going to talk about self-esteem, self-worth. Obviously, Valentine's Day is this month, so we're definitely going to talk about romantic relationships. And oh my goodness, I really can't wait. I'm super excited. I hope all of you are too. So let's kick this off by chatting a little bit about what self-esteem is. I've been talking about wellness, which in my mind, they go together. Like, isn't wellness having positive self-esteem or part of wellness, having positive self-esteem, feeling good about ourselves. Because I know that's definitely part of my wellness definition. My attitude, my mental health, my mental space, my wellness all relates to how I feel about myself. But self-esteem is also a really tricky and complicated thing. What makes good self-esteem? I feel like that's a very broad question. As always, I want to first give you a little background on the fancy psychological perspective of (laughs) self-esteem. But before we can even talk about self-esteem, there's another term that I want to introduce to you called self-concept. So self-concept is the cognitive part of ourselves, being aware that we're a human. Self-concept includes things we simply know about ourselves for example i am a female i am a sister an aunt a daughter i am outgoing i am tall those are just like facts that i know about myself those are part of my self-concept it's actually really interesting because babies don't develop self-concept until like 18 months old i think so what i mean by this is that you've seen babies eat their toes and often babies will eat their toes and have no idea that those toes are actually attached to their body. (laughs) And it's also around 18 months that babies start to recognize themselves in mirrors. Prior to that, they think that whoever's in the mirror is another baby, it's kinda cool. So that's the beginning of self-concept. And so as you can imagine, as we get older, our self-concept gets more complex. I'm more aware of things in my self-concept than an 18-month-old. And having a complex self-concept is actually really good for self-esteem because I can look at so many areas of my life that I have awareness of to boost up my self-esteem. So for example, if I'm like feeling bad about the fact that, oh, I'm not super athletic or I'm not a fast runner or something like that, I can look at another area within my self-concept and say, okay, but I'm good at writing. Oh, I hate my ankles, but I really like my eyes, right? We can pull from lots of different areas about ourselves since our self-concepts are complex. We have complex awareness of these areas of our lives. But here's the thing, I'm going to contradict myself. I just said that having a complex self-concept is a good thing for self-esteem. But can it be a bad thing? As you may imagine, the answer is yes. Having a complex self-concept can give us really high self-awareness and self-consciousness. And I don't mean the good kind of self-awareness. I mean the kind of self-awareness that leads to focusing all our attention on being observed and potentially judged by others. If I have such a complex self-concept and I'm only thinking about myself and what's going on with me, oh my gosh, that's going to drive me crazy. We all do that though. We all have complex self-concepts and we all have this self-awareness around ourselves specifically like have you ever been in a crowded room that's super loud but you can hear your name being called from across the room that's because we have high awareness of the stuff related to our self-concept the problem with that is it can lead us to be hyper aware of being potentially judged by others see how this kind of relates back to self-esteem I told you i had a point in giving this little psychology lesson here today understanding our vastly complex self-concepts understanding that being aware and focused on these self-concepts can actually be kind of a bad thing because then we're just so focused on every little nitty-gritty thing about ourselves and what people could possibly judge will help us as we kind of go through and pick apart and examine self-esteem So knowing these terms, there's a lot of different theories on self-esteem and where it comes from, how to improve self-esteem, all of that. I'm sure we've all seen lots of different tips and tricks on Pinterest or Instagram or wherever on how to improve self-esteem, looking in the mirror and saying, I'm great, stuff like that. We've all seen that. All of the theories about self-esteem are based on the idea that as we grow, we develop more complex self-concepts. And those self-concepts can either be really positive or really negative. Usually it's a combination of both, right? I have really positive things I think about myself and really negative things I think about myself. Not to sound too much like a therapist, but all of these theories also typically talk about how self-esteem often comes from childhood. I know I sound like a therapist, but we develop our self-concepts, that idea of who I am from what I'm told. From what we're all told from our experiences we develop these self-concepts from what we see from what's around us so it kind of makes sense that self-esteem comes from childhood when we're developing all these things but often that leads to having some negative views of ourselves and again there are lots of different theories on self-esteem but kind of summarizing it basically says that we're developing our self-esteem and our self-concept as we grow and we develop these from our experiences from what we see from what we're told and that often leads to having some negative views of ourselves which makes us believe that not only are certain things not part of us it also leads to thoughts that we can't or don't have the ability to do those things so i recognize that that was a lot of mumbo jumbo so let me give you an example of what i mean i have a client who growing up was in some remedial classes in school i don't know off the top of my head but i think that she went to maybe an extra reading class or an extra math class or something like that so from a young age her self-concept or these facts about herself included i need extra help in reading that's a fact about herself she went to this remedial class for extra help in reading well That led to some nasty self-consciousness, self-awareness, and views about herself, right? That led to a little bit of nasty self-esteem that led her to thinking that she's not smart or not good at things or not as good as other kids or you name it. So that became part of her self-concept, not, oh, I need some extra help in reading, but I'm not smart. I'm not good at reading. I'm not as good as other kids. That morphed into her self-concept, which obviously led to her feeling bad about that, being self-conscious about it, being nervous about it, being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to this remedial class. Is everyone looking at me as I get up and leave the room? We all have things like that we can relate to. I said that I don't like my ankles earlier. I get very self-conscious that people are looking at my ankles. Nobody cares about my ankles, but this is what happens. With this client, if you didn't think that was bad enough, Here's where things really got bad for her self-esteem. She went to the remedial math class that led to some nasty views about herself, like she's not smart and not good at things. And that led to even more negative views of herself that snowballed into thinking that she can never be good at reading or math. That she does not have the ability or capacity to be good at those things. And then you can kind of guess what happens next. It becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy that leads to negative statements about herself and just feeling like crap and then not studying. So then doing poorly on an exam. So then more negative feelings. And oh my gosh, you can see this cycle. So self-esteem definitely comes from All the things we already know doing good things for others doing good things for ourselves being praised all of that stuff that we know that we're aware of in our daily basis right i help someone else and that boosts my self-esteem but there's a big piece of self-esteem that comes from competence or rather knowing that we can achieve or have the ability to achieve even if we're not achieving something knowing we could if we wanted to So two things went really wrong with the client in the example I just gave. And no, being put in remedial classes was not one of them. The two things that went wrong were, one, she assigned meaning to the fact that she was in remedial classes. And the meaning she assigned was not accurate or true. Remedia classes can mean so many different things. Learning disabilities, undiagnosed mental health issues, lack of support at home. The list could go on and on forever. It means so many things. Remedial class did not mean that she was dumb. Remedia classes does not equal dumb. But she assigned that meaning to this. She actually assigned a lot of meaning to it. I'm dumb, I'm slow. Being in these classes means I'm not as good as others. So that first thing that went wrong with her journey into complex self-concept was assigning meaning, inaccurate meaning to things that happened to her. And then the second thing that went wrong was that she globalized that meaning to thinking that she did not have the ability or the competence to ever be good at math or reading. If in the first thing she did wrong, that first step, the meaning she assigned was, I'm dumb, I'm slow, I'm not as good as others. The second thing that went wrong was, I'm always going to be dumb. I'll always be slow. I'm never going to be as good as others. See how those are two different things? So when she comes in my office and says, I'm here because I have bad self-esteem because I was in remedial classes as a kid. Okay, she didn't actually say that to me, I'm paraphrasing a bit. (laughs) But it's not because she was in remedial classes as a kid. It's because how she interpreted and made meaning to these things and then how she globalized that meaning. The good news is that I have a trick for this. The first part of the trick, you guessed it, not assign meaning to things. You guys, we do that all the time. Like I bet as soon as I'm saying this, you're probably like, oh my gosh. I do do that. Whenever I point out to a client like, hmm, you just kind of assigned meaning to this. They're like, oh, I do that a lot. We assign meaning to everything. So an example I use all the time about assigning meaning and the fact that we don't want to assign meaning to things is have you ever walked by like a coworker's cubicle and they don't say hi to you? And then you think, oh my gosh, did I do something? Are they mad at me? Is something wrong? That's assigning meaning to a very silly little event that's assigning meaning the coworker probably was not thinking about you at all so the first part of this trick for self-esteem is recognize when we're assigning meaning to things then recognize that the meaning we're assigning to it is probably not true it's probably not accurate and the second part of the trick is to not globalize things a good tip to not do that is to take the words always and never out of your vocabulary So as I've mentioned throughout this, I'm very self-conscious about my ankles. I don't want to globalize this self-consciousness about my ankles by saying, I'm always going to have fat ankles. I'm always going to have fat, ugly ankles. That's globalizing it. I'm never going to be good at math or reading, like my client says. I'm never going to be as smart as other people. That's just not true. It's just not true at all. Hopefully these fancy psychological terms and thinking about self-esteem in this way can help us to recognize this area of self-esteem and don't worry the next few weeks I'm gonna go into different areas of self-esteem this is just one thing to look at in relation to self-esteem and there's so many things we can look at in relation to self-esteem so stay tuned because I will be going into lots of different areas within self-esteem but hopefully with this you'll be able to start recognizing that it's not necessarily the remedial class in this client's case that is causing the self-esteem. It's the meaning we place around it and then how we globalize that meaning. And you know what? If you stop putting meaning to things and if you take out those words always and never, I bet you're going to feel pretty okay-ish. Disclaimer, this podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.